you guys know it's um, it's Palm Sunday. Did you guys get a palm? Wave it. Yeah. Okay, great. You know why we celebrate Palm Sunday, right? Because it's the triumphal entry in Jesus into Jerusalem. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today. But we're going to do it in a psalm. So not only is it Palm Sunday, it's Psalm Sunday. <laughs> Actually, it's going to be Psalm Sunday until like sometime in August. Actually, that would be a good way to invite people to church. You can say, oh, well, you know, next week is Psalm Sunday. And they go, Palm Sunday? I thought that was like a month ago. You're like, no, it's Psalm Sunday. Let me tell you what we're doing at our church. Okay, whatever. Anyway, so, so we're going to have Palm Sunday and Psalm Sunday today. So how many of you read the Ascent Psalms this week? Weren't they amazing? And when you look at the fact, the idea that these songs or psalms were sung by the pilgrims as they went into Jerusalem, and you're like, well, when did they come? Well, it just so happens in the Mosaic Law, each male, adult male, that was a Jew, had to appear before the Lord three times a year. And where was the the Lord? He was in the temple. And so you had to go to Jerusalem. And Jerusalem is up on a hill. So these why they were called ascent psalms. Did you guys ever think about this? When Jesus came to Jerusalem, he could have been singing these very same psalms. The psalms that we read and sing about. And so many of the ascent psalms that we did this week, I mean, reminded me of songs that we sing. You know? Did, did, you, did you hear those? And you're just like, oh, I'm not kind of humming them. Or you just, you're not as crazy like me. Okay, that's fine. But they're amazing. And so today, specifically, we're going to do one of the Ascent Psalms. And I hope that I will just blow your mind today. Psalm 122 is where we're going to be today. Psalm 122. It's a short one. But that doesn't mean I'm going to have a short sermon. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha. All right, so, but I'm going to start someplace else. Because I want us to set the stage and remember about Palm Sunday and where this came about. Because Jesus, when he does the triumphal entry into Jerusalem, he's actually coming as a pilgrim to Jerusalem with a bunch of other people. Because it's the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And the day before the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is a week is Passover. So he's coming a week early for the festivities that are going to be happening in the previous in the next week. And he's going to the house of the Lord. So when did this all start? If we look at Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Wait. There's like 24 chapters in Luke, right? So we at Luke Luke 9? Doesn't a bunch of happen between, between 9 and 20? 19 is actually the triumphal entry in Luke. So what happens between 9 and 19? But let's look at 9 first. It says this, starting in verse 51. 
Now it came to pass, when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, just as Elijah did? And he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Interesting. And they went to another village. So way back in Luke chapter 9, Jesus resolutely decides it's time to go to Jerusalem. Now he knows why he's going to Jerusalem. He knows what his destiny is on this earth. And even the people in Samaritan are like, well, we're not going to pay attention to you because you're headed to Jerusalem. How did they know he was headed to Jerusalem? His face was said it was like, could he have been singing some of these ascent psalms? Ooh, maybe. And so from Luke chapter 9 to Luke chapter 19, if you have a red-letter Bible, you can see that 9 through 9, it's almost all red. It's just teaching. Jesus is teaching along the way, and he's probably singing psalms. So, as I said, Jesus, along with all the other males, are headed to Jerusalem because it's one of the times that the males have to show up at the temple to present themselves to the Lord with a gift or a sacrifice. Where this comes from is in Deuteronomy 16, 16. Moses is speaking here. He says, three times a year, all your males shall appear before the Lord your God in the place which he chooses at the Feast of Unleavened Bread, at the Feast of Weeks, and at the Feast of the Tabernacles. And they shall not appear before the Lord empty-handed. So, Jesus is obeying the Mosaic Law in doing this. But he's got another reason to go as well. So, let's dive into Psalm 122. I'll read it into its entirety. And then I will speak on a couple of things. But listen, I could probably do four sermons on just Psalm 122. But so I'll just, I'm going to take some bits and pieces of it and we're going to look at it. But let me read Psalm 122, all nine verses. A song of ascents of David. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, Jerusalem. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. That is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. To praise the name of the Lord, according to the statute given to Israel, there stand the thrones for judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be with you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, 
I will seek your prosperity. That sounds like a pretty good song, right? It's kind of positive, kind of exciting. So, like I said, there's a lot that you could preach on or you could talk about, research, do the study of for Psalm 122. For example, about the house of the Lord. I mean, I, I could preach at length about the house of the Lord. And, you know, it's so funny that Jessica would get up and say, hey, we're all coming back. And you, see, you know, the church is not a building, but it's a beacon is what she said. Is that a quote? Can I use that as a quote? All right. <laughs> Let me think about the house of the Lord. Now, listen, when they're speaking of the house of the Lord here, they're talking about the temple. Clearly. David is talking. He wants to make a house for the Lord. Remember, he, he's put in his mind that he was going to build a house for the Lord. And Nathan said, mm, no, your son's going to do it. Right? But there was going to be a house for the Lord. So whenever anybody in the Old Testament times heard house of the Lord, they knew, and they knew it was the temple. When the men went to present themselves in the three times, the three feasts, they were going to Jerusalem. In fact, that's one of the reasons why the Samaritans were kind of like, eh, all about it, because they had a place in Samaria that was their house of the Lord. It was not a good place. It was not where they were supposed to go. And that was one of the whole edicts of the kings and northern tribes, because they built another house. And the house was supposed to be Jerusalem. Okay, but for the, for the Christian... There's no temple. This is the house of the Lord. And let me tell you why. Since the 1960s, the corner of Louisiana and Comanche right here has been dedicated to the teaching, the worship, and the love of Jesus Christ. And so we come here specifically to worship Jesus here. And in my estimation, this is sacred ground. But as a Christian, Jesus lives inside of you. Your sacred ground. But I'm not speaking on that today. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm like, oh, maybe I should go that way, but I'm not going to do it. There's a couple other things I'm going to talk about that we want to look at in this psalm, that unless you are a diligent student, I mean, can I tell you, and I know Trinidad, I know this is happening for you. John, Sancran, I know you're digging into this and you're finding stuff. And you, the, the more you dig into the scriptures, you go, what? I never saw this before. This is amazing. I had one of those moments this week, and I want to share it with you. Okay? Does that sound good? Do I have your permission? You guys aren't doing anything 1 2 o'clock? That'd be fine. <laughs> All right, so here we go. In verses 3 and 4 of Psalm 122, I'll revisit this. Here we go. Jerusalem is built like a city that is closely compacted together. This is where the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. Interesting. What does that have to do with any of the tribes of the Lord? Well, <laughs> this got me thinking about 
Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, in tribes. Well, it just so happens there is another story found in Scripture about these very, those two very things. And let's look at it. So let's turn back to 2 Chronicles chapter 30, and I'll read a lot of, of chapter 30. But let me set the stage here. Okay, Hezekiah is king during this time. And during Hezekiah's reign, if you remember, the Assyrians come down and they take the northern tribes. I mean, they come actually all the way and they surround Jerusalem. Hezekiah prays. He says, the Assyrian king is mocking you and I can't believe it. And then one day the Assyrians wake up and everybody's dead. I guess you can't wake up if you're dead, but the few of the leaders that were still alive, everybody else was dead, and they withdrew. Okay? So this is the time, and Hezekiah is all about praising God because he's excited about this deliverance. So let's go to Second Chronicles chapter 30, and I'm going to read the first 20 verses just because I want you to get it. All right? Here we go. And Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah and also wrote letters to Ephraim and Manasseh, that they should come to the house of the Lord of Jerusalem to keep the Passover to the Lord God of Israel. For the king and his leaders and all the assembly in Jerusalem had agreed to keep the Passover in the second month. Let me stop right there. It was supposed to be in the first month, but they missed it, okay? For they could not keep it at the regular time because a sufficient number of priests had not consecrated themselves nor had the people gathered together at Jerusalem. And the matter pleased the king and all the assembly. So they resolved to make a proclamation throughout all of Israel, from Beersheba to Dan, that they should come to, come to keep the Passover to the Lord God of Israel at Jerusalem, since they had not done it for a long time in a prescribed manner. Then the runners went through all Israel and Judah with the letters from the king and his leaders and spoke according to the command of the king. Children of Israel, return to the Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Then he will return to the remnant of you who have escaped from the hands of the kings of Assyria. And do not be like your fathers and your brethren who trespassed against the Lord God of their fathers so that he gave them up to desolation, as you see. Now do not be stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves to the Lord and enter his sanctuary, which he has sanctified forever. And serve the Lord your God that the fierceness of his wrath may turn away from you. For if you return to the Lord, your brethren... And your children will be treated with compassion by those who lead them captive so that they may come back to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn his face from you if you return to him. So the runners passed from city to city through the country of Ephraim and Manasseh as far as Zebulun and they laughed at them and mocked them. Nevertheless, some from Asher Manasseh and Zebulun humbled themselves and came to Jerusalem. You hear the tribes there? There's mention of all these tribes. Also, the hand of God was on Judah to give them singleness of heart to obey the command of the king and the leaders at the word of the Lord. 
Now many people, a very great assembly, gathered at Jerusalem to keep the Feast of Unleavened Bread in the second month. They arose, took away the altars that were in Jerusalem. They took away all the incense altars and cast them into the brook Kindred. Then they slaughtered the Passover lambs on the 14th day of the second month. The priests and Levites were ashamed and sanctified themselves and brought the burnt offerings to the house of the Lord. They stood in their place according to their custom, according to the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests sprinkled the blood received from the hand of the Levites, for there were many in the assembly who had not sanctified themselves. Therefore the Levites had charged of the slaughter of the Passover lambs for everyone who was not clean, to sanctify them to the Lord. For a multitude of the people, many from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulun, had not cleansed themselves, yet they ate the Passover contrary to what was written. But, but Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, May the good Lord provide atonement for everyone who prepares his heart to seek God, the Lord God of his fathers. Though he is not cleansed, according to the purification of the sanctuary, and the Lord listened to Hezekiah and healed the people. Uh, okay. Great story, Mark. I appreciate it. But let's look at it for a second. Basically, the Israelites hadn't celebrated the Passover in a long time. And so Hezekiah sends word, hey, go. Some mocked, but then the tribes, even from the northern areas, are coming back down. But they don't have time to prepare themselves, to cleanse themselves, to go and be, as, a, as prescribed by law, Mosaic law, they ate even though they were unclean, the Passover. So what's the big deal? Let me read the next verse. Chapter tw- I mean, verse 21 of Second Chronicles 30. So the children of Israel who were present at, Jer- at Jerusalem kept the Feast of Unleavened Bread seven days with great gladness. The Levites and the priests praised the Lord day by day, singing to the Lord accompanied by loud instruments. Wait, do you think they used the psalms that we sang this week? Do you think they were... Worshiping God with the same words that we read and studied, and maybe some of you sang the Psalms this week. Now, the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread are connected. The Passover, which is actually today, Jews celebrating Passover right now. I mean, at at sunset yesterday, it started Passover. Okay. And then this next week is the week, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. So they're absolutely connected. This is where Jesus is coming. So you guys know about the Psalms of Ascent, when these songs were sung. Their song is they're coming to Jerusalem. Okay, Passover, of course, marks the time when God passed over Israel in Egypt. Remember the, the firstborn the Passover, they put the blood on the doorpost, and those that had the blood on their door, doorpost, they did not lose their firstborn. The Feast of Unleavened Bread was instituted the following day after Passover, after Pharaoh let the Israelites go in response. And why, the reason why it's unleavened bread is they didn't have, they didn't have time to let the bread leaven. 
as a remembrance for what the Lord did for Israel, bringing them out of Egypt. So let's reread verses 18 through 20 of, of 2 Chronicles 30. Although most of the many people who came from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulun had not purified themselves, yet they ate the Passover contrary to what was written. But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, May the Lord who is good pardon everyone who sets their heart on sinking God the Lord, the God of their ancestors, even if they are not clean according to the rules of the sanctuary. And the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. Okay, are you picturing this? The Passover is instituted in Exodus. There is a very prescribed way you're supposed to do it. And if you break the law, you are not to participate. You're not. You're breaking God's law if you do. This is a big no-no. This is a big catastrophe. There were people in sin of the tribes that are coming to Jerusalem because they didn't cleanse themselves correctly before they ate the Passover. But Hezekiah prays to God and intercedes on the behalf of the people who broke the law. And it says God healed the people. God did what they could not do and had not done for themselves. Wait, does that sound familiar? Oh my gosh, this is a pre-Christ revelation that God can forgive us of sin himself. Right? This is way back in Second Chronicles. Wait, Jesus is right here. That's amazing. And this was all discovered when I was reading Psalm 122. Huh. God, by grace, reconciled the people despite their disobedience to the law. Okay. Let's go back to Psalm 122. There's another area I want you to see. It says, uh, verses 6 through 8, he says, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May those who love you secure. May there be peace within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, peace be with you. That sounds pretty good. But then I've been reading some of the epistles. Just so happens, let's go to one of the epistles, Ephesians. Ephesians Chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. This is Paul speaking. He says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Okay, that's Passover language. That is Passover language. And 14, For he himself is our peace. Who has made two groups one and destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Paul is talking about the barrier between Jew and Gentile. 
that Christ brought them both of them together through his blood. He is the peace. So if we look at Psalm 122, for the Christian, and we want to sing our Psalm 122, what if we replace the word peace with Jesus? This is what it sounds like. Pray for Jesus of Jerusalem. May those who love you be secure. May there be Jesus within your walls and security within your citadels. For the sake of my family and friends, I will say, Jesus, be within you. Wouldn't that be a great psalm for Christians? Because Jesus is our peace. We need to make a song out of that. Oh, I love that. So, um, praise team, if you want to come up. I've still got a few more points, but we'll give you time to prepare. In conclusion, let's look at another Passover. It's the one that we're getting ready. When Jesus came and they laid down the palm branches and their clothes and their cloaks and hailed Jesus as Messiah. Now, for many of them, during that week, they changed their mind. And they cried out to crucify him, but they rightly identified Jesus as the Messiah. So Jesus was coming into Jerusalem. He knew why he was coming. He was coming to die. He knew that they would kill him. But it was exactly God's plan. Because in Christ's death, we have life. Because he paid the debt. I mean, all debt. For all disobedience. Just like Hezekiah interceded for the people, Jesus interceded for all people to cover all of our sins, all of our disobedience. For eternity. That's why we celebrate Easter. That's why we celebrate Palm Sunday and Psalm Sunday. Rightly so. Let me tell it to you this way. In Palm Sunday, Jesus was coming to Jerusalem for the Passover. But he wasn't coming to celebrate Passover. He was coming to be the Passover. That's astounding to me. That puts me where I just want to fall on my face and say, God, thank you for what you've done. You've changed me because of what you have done. I knew what I was going to preach today. I did. I have the notes. I prove it. And when the worship team sang this song today, I was floored. And so we're going to sing again this song and realize what Christ did for us. And we're all going to wave our, our palms because we are rejoicing because God is our Messiah. Jesus is our Messiah.
You guys ready to sing that? Stand up with me. Let's do it. This week, as you prepare for celebrating Easter, we've got some extra psalms for you. They're called Messianic Psalms. I mean, you think Jesus was in the last ones this week. Wait till this week, and they're going to be awesome for you as you prepare to celebrate Jesus' resurrection. Make it your pact today to be in his word, to be in the Psalms this week so that your, your celebration is awesome and heartfelt. Let me pray for you. Father God, we come before you. We thank you and praise you for what you have done for us. Where would we be without you, Lord? You accomplished what we could not. For the sake of all who have sinned, you were willing to go to the cross so that we could be restored in relationship with you. And isn't that what it's all about? Father God, relationship with you. Help us to grow closer to you this week. Help us to be the gift to people that need to hear this message. Help us, guide us, work in us with your Holy Spirit this week. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.